0: So good to see you. How are you doing? Okay, you may be seated. (laughs) Uh, Let's give our worship team a hand. Good to have Jason with us playing this morning, playing on the guitar. He has a Taylor guitar. That is uh, awesome guitar. Um, So good to see you in church, and those who are watching online, I can see you by faith. And uh, great to be together. It's been a week of birthdays, and it's Jana Itzen's birthday on Friday. We, we share the same birthday. I texted her and said, May the 27th was a great day to be born. And uh, share the same birthday. And little Polly, May 26th. Um, where are we, Jess? Wherever Jess is, May 31st. Um, who else? Come on. Oh, Juliana was, was the 26th. What is it about May? I worked it out. Count backwards. August. August. Holiday season. Say no more. In the Northern Hemisphere. Interesting point. If you go to the Southern Hemisphere, there's not so many birthdays in May, so I rest my case. I think I'm accurate in my uh, predictions or my <laughs> summation or whatever it is. Uh, but anyway, great to be together in church today. Um, before I bring my message, I want to share a couple of things with you. Um, next weekend is an important weekend for us, At uh, once a year in our church in at the end of Miracle May. Miracle May is a great month. I love it. It's one of my favorite months of the year when we engage our faith and believe God for miracles. Again, God can do a miracle any day, but something powerful about focus. And um, so we're focusing on miracles. And of course, right now, as any day of any year of any decade of any century or millennium, we all have to handle our finances. And I don't know anyone who doesn't find that negotiating and navigating our finances is a challenge somewhere or another. Some people have too much money. That's a challenge. How many of you would like to have that problem? Maybe not. Maybe not, because it presents a whole different set of challenges. Some people don't have enough. But whatever it is, we all have to navigate and handle finance and resource. And God wants to partner with us in that. And my prayer always has been, ever since I uh, had a revelation about this in my own personal life, that every member of our church will somehow learn how to engage with God in a partnership in relation to your finances. The truth is, I would rather be in the position where I am paying for someone's toll behind me, or paying for someone's groceries, or... Paying for someone's lunch, shouting them lunch. Uh, In Australia, we call it shouting. I'm going to shout you lunch. Uh, There's a saying in Australia, some people are so stingy, they wouldn't even shout if a shark bit them. (laughs) Did you get that? You're slow, but you're worth waiting for. (laughs) Um, But, you know, how much better to be in a position like that? And so God wants us to partner with him. And there are so many stories in the Bible about God uh, working miraculously in people's financial situations, um, and uh, story after story after story, and uh, about people who, who gave, uh, who sowed seed. Um, and I talked last week, and I mentioned it today, about the miracle is in the process, the miracle is in God's Word, and the miracle is in the seed. A farmer has to plant seed to get a harvest. Um, and so um, I want to encourage you this month. The, uh, Malachi 3 says, God promises, I will open the windows of heaven and pour out such blessing you won't be able to contain it. And uh, But before that, God says, If you bring your tithe, the first tenth of everything that comes into your life, into the storehouse, then I promise I will open the windows of heaven. That's not just an Old Testament principle or a principle of the Mosaic law. It was in the Garden of Eden where one tree belonged to God, and the first tenth of all that comes into our life belongs to God, and the 90% we're left with always goes further. Than the hundred percent, if we hold on to it. So I want to encourage you to be taking steps. I've always done that in my life, and Di and I, uh, when tithing just becomes a part of the rhythm of our lives. And then the Bible talks about offerings. Offerings are what we give over and above our normal giving. And so next month, next month, it is next month. Next week, June the fifth, we're going to be giving a miracle offering, and that. I, we pray is going to be a significant offering. Everyone has different capacity. I've always said this before. If you're Jeff Bezos or Bezos, Bezos, Bezos. Uh, if you're Jeff Bezos, he has greater capacity than I do. And God says, not equal giving, but equal sacrifice. The widow who gave a mite, a copper coin, gave more, Jesus said than the wealthy because of the sacrifice that it involved in her life. So everyone's capacity is different. I want to encourage you to really pray. Di and I are going to lead the way. We're going to give a a sacrificial offering. And uh, I want to encourage you to pray about that. If you're watching online, please pray with us. And we pray that this will be a significant offering for us as a church. And I want to take a moment uh, right now to uh, pray for you. I do want to show a video Uh, We have a video that we're going to show you, and then as we uh, watch the video, if you want to prepare to give, normal giving, tithes, and and so on, you can give a number of different ways. You can give online. There's a QR code here that you can scan uh, if you want to give online, or you can go on to PushPay, or there's an envelope here that you can put your offering in take it to the container as you leave the door. If you gave online, you have one of these uh, laminated cards. I want to encourage you. At the end of this, I'm going to pray. Anyone believe that God answers prayer? I'm going to pray that God is going to bless and multiply the seed that you and I and my wife sow today in our normal offerings that God will bless it. He'll do what he promises in his word. So Take a hold of that. But before we do that, we have an encouraging video here uh, from a great couple in our church that I know is going to inspire your faith. Let's check the screens out.
1: My name is William Hitson, and for my May 2021, Miracle May, uh, I specifically had three things that God put on my heart to ask for Uh, they were for me they were all having to do with our business Uh, my wife Jana and I have an architecture firm that um, I just felt the need to list out three these three things um, that would really take us to the next level Uh, the first two were employee based Uh, we, we felt like there were two unique employees that we really needed to specifically help us in this next season. And, and then the third was something weird and dear to our hearts that we were really, uh, we had been dreaming about for a long time. And that's for a building. Uh, a place for our studio to be permanently. And so actually that last May, we put an offer on a building uh, to purchase for our studio. Um, and the unique thing about that is that it wasn't on the market. So I'll get to more of that later. I'll go chronologically. And about four to five months after May of 2021 is when those first two items uh, were essentially, I would say, those miracles were gifted to us. Uh, We hired those two employees that we were looking for and we were ecstatic uh, building our team. And then fast forward, uh, about 11 months after May of 2021, that would just be a sh- few short weeks ago, uh, I was praying, asking God to take care of that last item. Uh, it, it hadn't really transpired yet. Um, we had put the offer on the building. Uh, there had been conversations. Uh, however, it really just hadn't gotten to the step it needed to get to. Um, and about a week before May of 2022, I prayed to God that He would... Uh, make this happen so that I could have a brand new Miracle May 2022 list and in that last week of April is when we went into escrow on uh, the property that I'm standing on right now. This is the back wall Um, and I thank God for his gifts and his blessings. The blessings that this is going to be, this property is going to be for not only our business studio, um, but also our family. Thank you, Lord.
0: Awesome. Well, what a great testimony, and uh, so excited that, uh, that that has happened for William and Jana. They've been a great part of our church for many, many years, and uh, so that's great. Come on, let's give God another, another big Thank you. Let me pray for you. If you've got that card, we're giving now, focusing on our giving. Like I said, if you give online or you're giving today uh, through the envelope, take that card in your hand. I want to pray for you. And I'm not just doing this. We're praying because we're believing in faith. Father God, we come to you in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness. We thank you that everything we have comes from you, and what we give back to you is only that which you've given to us. And so today, we, we, we thank you that you promise in your word that if we give, Jesus, you said give, and it will be given to you, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be pressed into your lap. And Lord, we thank you for that. The measure we give determines the measure that is returned. The seed we sow, you promise to multiply. Lord, open the windows of heaven. Bless each and every person. Lord, whatever's happening in the economy, whatever's happening with the price of gas, whatever's happening with inflation, we know that you are on the throne and that your promises are not affected by or anything that's taking place in that area. And so today, we thank you for your promises bless what is given, bless every home, every family. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. 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 All right. Very good. Well, I, I want to take a moment to uh, share something with you. This is kind of a, a family conversation, okay? Ever sit around the table and have a family chat or sit in the lounge and have a family chat? And if you're visiting with us, We're so glad that you're here and with us if you're watching online, uh, but you're just going to sit in for a few moments while I share a couple of things with our church family that are important uh, for us. Um, Many of you will have been with us when we moved into this building. Can you believe it was seven years ago in August, seven years, and you may not know this, but we moved in with a three-year lease. So we only had three years that were promised to us, and time has gone by. Um, and as you know, the plan was that the the uh, the uh, company that own this plot have a three-phase development plan. The first phase you've seen, no doubt, over the road as you've come in, and that is now moving to phase two, which means that the saddleback building that is over the Uh, on the other side of our parking lot, is going to be demolished very shortly. And Saddleback are moving out, and they're going to start the building, that phase two of the building program. But included in phase two of the building program, the company that owns this site want to use this building as their headquarters uh, for the administration of the next phase of the building, which means that we need to find a new church home. And um, I wanted to just talk a little bit about that and about the process that is going to be involved with that. Um, we've, of course, uh, been blessed to have been here for this time. And uh, we knew that this, this date was coming and we were doing everything that we could to make provision. But uh, maybe you realize that something happened over the last two to three years that kind of rocked the boat for everyone around the planet are we all on the same page and for about uh, almost a year we were paying rent here but were not able to meet and so that had put a major strain on our finances and also our ability to make provision for the next step with our church building so Um, we're all in the same boat around everybody around the world. At the same time, there was a contraction amongst churches around the country um, and around the world in attendance and also in in income. And uh, so we are uh, making a strategic step uh, towards our next building. Obviously, our, our, our goal is to be able to get into a position of ownership. We heard a great story from William and Jana about a a miracle uh, there. How many of you believe God can do miracles? God could give us a building. And sometimes God takes us to the edge of the Red Sea before he parts the way. So I have faith, and I I want to encourage you to join with us in, in faith. And we have an interim step. The interim step that we have is a location. It's a central location that's near here. It would involve setting up and pulling down on Sundays, so we would have a much more of a stripped-back uh, service. Um, we're not going back to how many of you? We've we've over the years before we came into this building, we first met at um, 2601 PCH, what used to be Josh Slocum's. We met there, we set up and pulled down, then we moved from there to the Lido Theatre down the peninsula, and then from the Lido Theatre, we moved to Segerstrom High School. Nine years, we were setting up and pulling down, and at one stage, we were setting up and pulling down in three locations on a Sunday. That's crazy. Um, And it was a big production. Our team were into big production. Some of you are nodding your heads and remembering. Well, we're going to strip it right back. How many of you know the church is not a building? And we learned that over COVID because all around the world, churches were unable to meet and they met in homes online. So the church isn't a building. The church in China grew fastest when it was being persecuted and pushed underground. So we are the church. Look around. We are the church. Online, you are the church. And we are together going to be taking this step. And so uh, I'll let you know Next Saturday, we have a generosity lunch, a generosity breakfast um, here in the church. Uh, and we want to encourage everyone in our church to come. Uh, what's a generosity breakfast? It's a, it's a breakfast where we give you some food. And Michael I'm, I'm, Michael and Polly are taking care of it. So, so I, I trust you. Uh, and we're going to have some good coffee. And and we're going to gather here, and we'll share about how our generosity can make a difference, not just for our church family, but beyond our church family. And we want to encourage you to come and be a part of that. Obviously, I've already talked about the next day we give a a miracle offering. That miracle offering is really important for us as a church. I just want to give you a heads just a little bit of an insight that... um, and I'm speaking quite transparently here, the company that we dealt with were didn't give an inch when it came to us paying rent when we couldn't meet in here. And they're withholding our security deposit, which means that for us to be able to move, our giving this miracle offering is an important and significant offering. And I'm only just saying that so that you un- we understand the need. And I'm believing God Everything we've done in our church, and I believe everyone can attest to that, we've never done anything by trying to coerce or make, you know, put pressure on people. Everything we do has got to come out of a free will. And I know, I trust God. God is able to help us with that. I, it's important to know the facts. Remember, I talked about the facts. But when the truth of God's word, that he's Jehovah Jireh, invades the facts that we have a need, it leaves different facts behind. And so it's important that we know the facts, that we're not denying them, but we're going to have to make that move. And uh, we, the move, just so you're probably all wondering when, well, I won't tell you when they asked us to move because you'd fall off your seat, but we managed to extend it to the end of August, so September... We will be in our new location. On Saturday morning, I'll be communicating where. So if you want to find out where, don't ask me after the service. Come and have breakfast. I'll sit at breakfast and have a coffee with you, and I'll share with you then. Um, And, of course, we'll tell the church afterwards. If you can't make that, we'll tell the church, and we'll make the recording of that available to the church. But end of August, we have to move. Now, you say, well, what can we do? Well, the first thing we can do is... um, engage. Please engage with us. Don't disengage. I learned to drive on a stick shift. Uh, I actually taught myself I could tell you some stories. (laughs) There's a lot of coordination involved. But I learned that when you are going up a hill, you have to change down gears. Sometimes I had a 1958 V-dub Combi they call it in Australia van, you know the ones I'm talking about with a split windscreen It was a great vehicle But it was a 1200 CC motor and I lived in the blue mountains in Australia when I went up up the hills I went from fourth third second (laughs) First gear and I would go up that hill in first gear you have to change down sometimes to get up over the humps over the mountains, over the difficult times. So all we're doing, what are we doing? We're changing down gear. We're changing down. And uh, so engage with us. Uh, We need you, your help, your presence, your, your time, your talent, your treasure is all important in helping us navigate this. We're gonna be putting some teams together, some strategic plans to help us move out, so on and so forth. Uh, but your presence is important, um, especially when we move. And it's an opportunity for us to kind of have a have a fresh start in September in a new location. And it's it's going to be it's going to be good. So number one, engage. Secondly, pray, uh, pray with us, and uh, pray that God will provide a place for us. Um, and and then thirdly, give. Give your time, give your talent, give your treasure. Um, One of the things that we're doing is there's a church, Anchor Stone, that meets in our building. We're talking with them about how maybe we can do something together. Uh, I have a conversation with someone in Australia that I met when I was there who's a businessman who finances churches and helping them buy buildings puts down 40% of the deposit for the building, if the church can come up with the other 60%. So pray for me 3 p.m. today, which is 8 a.m. in Australia tomorrow. I'm going forward in time in this meeting. Pray that that's a good meeting. Uh, And uh, I'm doing that on the phone this afternoon. So we're doing everything we can, but we just wanted to let you know so that you are on the journey with us as we move forward. Does that... Good? Would you stand with me and let's pray. Father God, I thank you today for your faithfulness all along the way. You have been faithful. You have made a way for us. There's been so many miracles all along the way that have been countless. Sometimes at the very last hour. Sometimes at the very last minute but you are a miracle worker. We thank you, Lord, that you said you would build your church. The gates of hell would not prevail against it and that your church is not a building. Your church is the people. We are living stones being built into a spiritual house. We are being forged together for divine purpose with a divine destiny. Lord, you are Uh, are the head of the church. You are the Lord of this church. You are the one to whom we look. And we ask that you would provide for us supernaturally. Uh, Make a way in the wilderness. Open up, the part the sea. And Lord, may we pass into this next season and may it be one where you receive all the glory. May it be a time where we see our church Experiencing miracles, salvation, healing, restoration, family, community, faith in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Amen. All right, you may be seated. Okay, so how many people believe I can bring a message in 15 minutes? Oh, ye of little faith, I saw some heads being shaken. Today's Memorial Day weekend, and uh, I do want to take a moment, and uh, I, I do want to take a moment at the end of this service to just a moment where we pause and ponder and reflect on those who have given their lives for the sake of the freedoms that we enjoy today. Um, it's a significant day and it's a day that we, Memorial Day weekend, a day when we uh, reflect on the supreme sacrifice that all those that have gone before us paid. We live in a very different world um, today. Of course, there are many w- things that are happening around the world, Ukraine and all that has taken place over recent years and the conflicts that have taken place around the world. And. Um, but it is good that we remember the price that has been paid. And so uh, we honor those um, and, uh, that, that paid that price. Um, Jesus said, greater love has no man than this, than he lays down his life for his friends. And uh, that's what those who gave their lives for our freedoms have done. Jesus himself gave his life as the supreme sacrifice for us so that we could experience the ultimate freedom of the penalty of our sin and freedom from those things that the enemy would try to constrain us with, restrain us, oppress us with, so that we can know what it is to live in true freedom. Jesus said you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And so this is a day when we remember that those who gave their lives for us, we remember that Jesus gave his life for us. And I want to share this thought with you that um, when we give our lives for others, miracles happen. When we give our lives for others, miracles happen. Jesus gave his life for us so that the miracle of salvation could be enjoyed by each and every one of us. John 3.16, most quoted verse in the Bible, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. I've always thought it's interesting that that's John 3.16 And 1 John 3.16, which is the same combination, says we know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us. So we also ought to give our lives for our brothers and sisters. There's a a mirroring. John 3.16, 1 John 3.16. God gave Jesus gave his life for us, we should give our lives for others. And the thought that I want to communicate today is that when we give our lives for others, miracles happen. Very often when we're praying for a miracle, it's easy to forget that we are the answer to someone else's miracle. That we can be the one who answers their cry for help. Over many years, our church, 16 years now, Thousands of people have been a part of our church and have gone around to have moved to different parts of the nation, different parts of the world that were part of our church family and a part of our church community. And miracle after miracle after miracle has happened. We, there could be volumes that we could write of miracles. Di shared a wonderful story about Harry and Kim today. So many miracles that have taken place because why? Because We have always been a church that has been about others, that has been about reaching out, giving our lives, our time, our talent, our treasure for others. And as a result of that, miracles have happened. Bijou spoke two weeks ago. I don't know how I got to miss Bijou, but Bijou spoke, and I've heard nothing but great stories about... I'm retiring from speaking. I'm just going to play videos and reruns of Bijou's messages on miracles. But he spoke, and the reality is that when we give, he gives his life for others in India. Miracles happen in their lives. Di and I and little Polly have been on the streets there of Mumbai and seen how those kids live. When we give to, uh, in our miracle offering and we give in our offerings and we sow into Vision Rescue, our, our giving ourselves to others is the answer to their cry for a miracle. They have no idea. Some years ago, uh, before COVID, and we were going to go during, in 2020, I think, we were going to go to Peru and build two houses. Three In 2019, we went and built a house. And Carlos and Polly Kikaño. I can't get distracted, but my phone, I can't teach my Siri to say Kikaño. She always says quicker no. And I'm I'm trying to teach her, but she is slow to learn. I speak to Siri and I ask her, do you understand me? And she says, sometimes I find it hard. Giancarlos and Polly Quicano, they led a team and we built a house for a family. And we invested into building that house for them and making a home and making it beautiful on the inside, putting a table and a chair and furnishing it and It was beautiful, and they had no idea what was going to come. The month before, they had no clue how their lives were going to change. It was a miracle. It was a miracle, and the miracle happened because you gave of yourself so that they could enjoy the experience of a new home and a new house. Miracles happen when we give ourselves for others. When we build someone else's house, God promises that he will build our house. How many of you remember the story of David? David, who wanted to build the house of God, and he, he started making provision for it. And, and he said to God, I want to to Nathan the prophet, I want to build the house of God. And Nathan said, do whatever's in your heart. But in the night, God spoke to Nathan and and, and said to Nathan, tell David, he's not to build the house, but I'm going to build a house for him. Long story, going to the detail, the reason was David had a lot of blood on his hands. He was a man of war. And God said, I'm going to let Solomon, a man of peace, build my house, because I want my house to be built by a man of peace. And so David, who wanted to build the house of God and did build the house of God because he made provision for the house of God, was told, God said, because you had it in your heart to build my house, because you've made provision for my house, because you've esteemed and valued my worship of me above all else, I'm going to build your house And I'm going to build a dynasty. And so God built his house. And obviously through David came Jesus and salvation to the world. So God said to him, you have it in your heart to build my house. I'm going to build your house. When we build God's house, he builds our house. Diane and I have always said our house, you can ask anyone, is kingdom house. Mm -hmm. Kingdom house. Our house has always been our, our, our actual home. But our passion has been always to build God's house. When we were in Australia, we built God's house. Here, we built God's house. And so when we build, when you build God's house, God says, I'm going to build your house. This is what Jesus said to his disciples. He said, you are building my house, my church. He said, I'm going to leave you and I'm going to heaven and I want your heart not to be troubled, but I want you to know that I'm going ahead of you because in my Father's house are many rooms, many dwelling places, and I prepare a place for you so that where I am, you may be also. In other words, God, Jesus is saying to his disciples, you build my house down here on earth, I'll build your house in heaven. When we build our ha- God's house here, He builds our house in heaven, which is why Jesus said, don't store up treasure here on earth where moth and rust uh, can consume and decay uh, or thieves can break in and steal, but store up your treasure in heaven where those things won't take place. Store your treasure in heaven, build your God's house here. He'll build our house in heaven. So where's the miracle?" has been the title of my last two messages. Where's the miracle? The miracle is in the process. Process. The miracle is in the process. (laughs) Sounds so much better, doesn't it? The miracle is in the process. The miracle is in God's Word. The miracle is in the seed. Here's where the miracle is. The miracle is... In the house, we build for others. The miracle is in the house, we build for others. There's a story. I'm going to give you the potted version, the condensed version that has kind of been central to the story of our church, and I'm going to give you the quick version, but it's such a powerful story, and every time I read it, I get fresh insight into it. It's the story of a woman who's called a notable woman. She's a Shunammite, a woman from Shunem, and uh, she and her husband live in a a village which Elisha the prophet used to walk through in Old Testament times, uh, and she noticed that Elisha was walking by the house all the time. She said to her husband, let's invite, next time Elisha comes by, let's invite him in for a meal. So she invites him in for a meal, he comes in for a meal. And then he leaves. And then she says to her husband, look, we've got a spare room. Why don't we we make that room available to Elisha? Let's put a bed in it, a chair, a table, and a lampstand. And then when he comes, every time he comes, he can stay with us. So they invited Elisha, and every single time he came through, he would stay with them in their home. And so Elisha told his servant, Gehazi, ask them... What we can do for them because they have been so generous towards us. Can I speak to the king on her behalf or your behalf? Can I speak to the commander of the army on your behalf? And, and uh, when Gehazi asked her and her husband, they, she said, no, I, I, there's nothing that we can think of that you can do. But Gehazi went back and said to Elisha, she said there's nothing that we can do, but she has no child and she's old in years. And so Elijah said, this time next year, the woman will hold a baby in her arms. And so, supernaturally, she gives birth, a year later, has this baby. And the years go by, and one day the boy goes out, the boy's grown up, he goes out to work in the fields, and when he's in the fields, uh, the... This baby, this young man, starts clutching his head, and he said, my head, my head. uh, uh, And he collapses, gets carried to his mother, and he dies. So she picked him up, put him on the bed in Elisha's room, the bed that she had furnished and made available to Elisha. She got on a donkey and went to Elisha as fast as she could. Cut a long story short, Elijah came. He, he, he prayed for the boy, and the boy was miraculously raised to life. This story is full of so many amazing truths. But the main point, the big idea of the story, is that the room that she built for Elisha became the room in which her miracle took place. The room that we build for others is the place where our miracle will take place. And I want to encourage you with that. So often we can focus on our miracle, but in reality, the miracle is found when we have an outward focus, when our focus is to do all that we can to help others, others in their need others around about us and the best place to start in that process of a miracle for us is to start to build a place for someone else and miracles begin to happen there's a few things that I want to highlight here first of all this woman was looking to make a difference that's where the, we start. We've got we've to be looking around us. There's need all around us. I love the King James, the New King James version of the Bible because the word look is there twice. Um, the first one is um, when the woman says to her, her husband, look now. I know this is a holy man of God. She's saying to her husband, look, use the word look now. And then Elisha, in the King James Version, says to Gehazi, um, uh, uh, or Gehazi says to her on behalf of, uh, 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 of Elisha, look, you have been concerned for us with all this care. I love that because the word look is in there. We, we, we've got to look, look around us. So she looked, and she believed that she could make a difference. I wonder if you believe, really believe that you can make a difference. So often it's like, hey, what difference can I make? I'm just one. What difference can I make? If I wasn't there, no one would notice. You make a difference. Your presence makes a difference. The all that you contribute to your world makes a difference. And all of us have the capacity to make a difference You're never too small to make a difference. So the first thing is she believed that she could make a difference. The second thing is that she invited Elisha in for a meal. Here's a thought. Sometimes we're waiting for a miracle to happen when we should be inviting the miracle to happen. Think about it. Sometimes we're waiting for a miracle to happen when we should be inviting the miracle to happen, she invited the miracle to happen when she invited Elisha in for a meal. I could tell time is running out, uh, but we have a great friend, Jason Stevens, who was a football player in in Australia. He played uh, rugby league. Y- you know, he played in the equivalent of the Super Bowl in Australia, with, and he was a well-known person in Australia. He came over here. He's been writing scripts for films and so on, and. And he 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 said to me, Do you know anywhere where we where we could stay? This is like five or six years ago. And and Di said, I asked Di, what do you think? We could have him stay for a little while. And Dai said, Yeah, sure, we've got a spare room. We'll put him in the room. And he and his wife Beck came to stay with us. And I think they stayed how long was it? Two or three months. Uh, and 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 I gotta tell you, they were the most amazing blessing to us. It was a difficult season for us at the time, and he's a funny guy. He's a very funny guy, got a great sense of humor. We, he, he brought so much laughter to our home. They brought so much fun that we refer to it all the time now. They were like angels. The Bible says, don't be afraid to, to invite people into your home because you may be entertaining angels unaware they were like angels to us but it was an invitation that that brought that about so let's when I when I say let's in we invite a miracle to happen when we start to look around us and engage with other people how we can help them how we can encourage them how we can be people that uh, help them very quickly first of all she made room she made a space She made room. What we are doing with our church is we're making room. We're making a space. This is simply a space. There's a lot more room in here than we need right now, but it's a space where people can come and experience the presence of God, where we can can pray, where we can believe God together, where we can see lives transformed. Thousands of people have given their lives to Christ in this building. We're creating a space. We're making a space. The second thing uh, that she did was she provided a bed. A bed is somewhere where you can rest, where you can sleep. With so much anxiety, so much fatigue, so much tiredness in in our world, the church is a place where people can come and rest in the presence of God. Jesus said, come to me. All you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. She put a table there. A table is a place where we sit around and we eat together. When we moved in here, some of you may have seen it, others may not. It's not a secret room, but we have a green room here. And we had our welcome lunches there for a long time. And there's a table there. It's huge. I don't know how we're going to get that out of the building, Michael, but we're going to take it, even if we've got to knock the walls down. And it's about, I don't know how many feet long. It's 15 feet long and three feet wide. And we sat around that table. We've had welcome uh, lunches there. We've, we've laughed around the table. We've talked around it. We've had team meetings there. Life groups have met there. Um, we've had strategic planning meetings there. Tables are place where we gather around and, and we, we, we sit with people just like Jesus did. And then she provided a chair where he could sit. We're providing and creating spaces where people can sit and talk and process, talk about life, talk about their hurts, talk about their pains. How many of you know how important it is to sit and process? Don't process in your head. Process with others. Talk. This last week, a Robin Duma um, experienced or had the anniversary of her daughter Raquel's going to heaven. Nine years. I remember the day. And uh, we spent some time with her in the evening before she went to grief share. But Robin went through that really difficult, heartbreaking experience. And Di and I, I think for a long time, every day talked with her, walked through the situation with her um, but she needed to process she needed to sit and the amazing thing is that nine years later she's running a program here in the church grief share where people sit and I told her right at the very beginning I knew I said Robin the day is gonna come when you're gonna share your story with others and when you share your story with others and you help others to navigate their pain, that's going to be a part of the miracle of your healing and of God's, the process of God, how God's going to walk you through the pain you've been through. And on Wednesday, when she remembered that day, that anniversary, and, and remembered her daughter, she went from our home to run a grief share session where she sat with people and talked with them about how to navigate their grief. And I will quote this because I saw it. She posted something on Instagram, and Lisa Geiger, who's a member of our church, not here today, but who's a member of our church, wrote this on her Instagram. And I thought it was so powerful because it, 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 it's a, such a great example of what I'm talking about. And this is what Lisa wrote. She said, At the end of a difficult day, she's talking to Robin. At the end of a difficult day, you also led a grief share group to help others through their pain. You are an inspiration to me and help me get through my own journey every day. When we build a room and a place, a bed, a table, a chair, a lamp, a place for people to sit, we are creating a place for their miracle, but it's also a part of our miracle as well. Over the last 44 years, I've built the house of God. That's been my passion. It's not my profession. It's my passion. I will do it till the day I die. But the church has been the place where I've received the greatest love and comfort friendship, strength, help. Everything that is most valuable to me, I found in the community of God's house. And you know how I found that? I found it because I've had a commitment from the very beginning to build the house of God. And as I built God's house, He has filled my house with every good thing. I want to encourage you. Let's Believe, God, that as we build a house for others, that's where our miracle will take place, just like the widow, or not the widow, the Shunammite woman in Jesus' name. Amen? Come on, let's stand together. Let me pray for you. Father God, I thank you for every person here. Lord, we're not here by chance. We're not here by accident. We're here because of your work the work of your Holy Spirit in our lives. And today, Lord, as we close our service, we want to honor you. We thank you that you paid the supreme price. Today, we also remember all those who paid the price of giving their lives for our freedoms. We honor them today. We thank you. May you comfort and strengthen their families their loved ones, may they know that their lives were not given in vain, but for a purpose. Today, Lord, we thank you that we have the opportunity to give our lives, our time, our talent, our treasure for others. May we be the answer to other people's miracles. And Lord, as we build a house for others, may we find miracles Happening in the very place that we build for them. We thank you for it, Lord, and today we honor you, we worship you, and we thank you. Help us, Lord, in this next season. We look to you. We want to be a house that is always building a house for others. In Jesus' name. I want to ask one last question. If you're watching online, Or you're here in person, have you never made a conscious decision to accept Christ as your Savior, or you made that decision in times past and you want to make it today, a recommitment of your life to Christ, we want to pray for you. All you have to do is to pray this prayer. You don't have to earn salvation, you don't have to earn the gift of eternal life. We just have to accept what Jesus did for us on the cross. It's the gift of eternal life. Just like you'd receive a birthday gift or a Christmas gift. It's a gift. And all we have to do is receive it. Right now, I'm going to give you the opportunity to do that. Pray this prayer with me. God will hear your prayer, answer your prayer, and you'll never be the same again. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I come to you today in the name of Jesus. I thank you for your love for sending your son Jesus to die in my place so that I would not have to pay the penalty of my sin. And today I thank you, Jesus, that you died on the cross for me so that I can receive the gift of eternal life, forgiveness of my sins, and the gift of your spirit living on the inside of me. Today I ask you to forgive me And I receive you as my Savior. And my Lord, help me to follow you all the days of my life. I thank you, Jesus. Amen and amen. Come on, let's thank God.